Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers offseason is now complete. So let's talk about it, contextualize it, and figure out where things stand with them in the conference and in the league as a whole. All right, so uh, we've been waiting, or I've been waiting to, to do this um, and had been analyzing the offseason to this point, you know, somewhat understanding that at some point the Lakers were going to add uh, another center to the roster and which center they would add would kind of help me give them their final grade. To this point, I had given them a solid B, you know, or B plus if, if I was feeling uh, optimistic on a certain day. Now I would say that moves from a B plus to, you know, an A minus, I would say, um, in that range. It's that, it's that range of grade where uh, it depends on the teacher's mood. You could round up to an A or, you know, you could, you could do the dick thing, right? And it would be, a, it would be an A minus, but it would technically be like, it wouldn't give you a 4.0. It would give you like the 3.8, no, 8, 3.9 or something. Um, it's in that range. I would say it was a, it was a very successful off season. There were some things about it I would maybe tweak um, and maybe add to the roster or different players I would have signed uh, rather than the ones that they had. Some of this also with how things turned out um, was, were impacted by unexpected events. Um, you know, I don't think the Lakers thought going into it that Wood would be available at the minimum and as such moved on Hayes. And, um, you know, as soon as, as soon as Reddish became available, you knew that that was going to be a signing that they could make. But once you find out that Lonnie Walker winds up signing for only the minimum in Brooklyn, would you rather have Lonnie Walker or Cam Reddish at the minimum? Or, you know, maybe even both and bring back Lonnie with, you know, a few extra bucks to convince him to not play in a larger role in Brooklyn. Um, but overall, just looking from uh, a thousand miles up, um, you know, a thousand feet up, a thousand miles would be pretty high up. <laughs> uh, but but from from thirty thousand feet, you're looking at this uh, this off season, and I think you can pretty resoundingly say it was a a very successful off season that checked a lot of boxes and and maintained a core that reached the Western Conference Finals a year ago and yeah sure you you know how high a priority does it need to be to bring back a core that got swept in those western conference finals that's certainly a a different conversation um that we'll have um, certainly umpteen times over the course of this next season but for right now i understand that uh those marching orders and and if they were those marching orders if that was a priority then the lakers did about as well as you could have possibly hoped for in following him let's look at uh groups you know so guards wings and bigs and 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 i think that's a a good way to zoom in on on key parts of the rotation and and strengths and weaknesses in this roster so let's start with the guards and you have d'angelo russell austin reeves gabe vincent and max christie as you know players that will play in the you know one or two spots heading into next year um and and 
if those are the players that we are considering heavy parts of the rotation, um, I don't have any real complaints. I think D'Angelo Russell is is going to get the uh, first opportunity to, uh, you know, be able to win that starting spot right from the get-go. Uh, and and I think that should be how this plays out. He's the highest paid player in the backcourt. He's still probably, if not the most talented, certainly close to the most talented player in that group. And, and also, the Lakers are going to want to give him as many opportunities as possible to prove that he should be with the Lakers beyond this trade deadline. So um, I, I, I think he'll probably get the nod to start. And then uh, from there, you kind of, you know, you look at, at you know, options um, to play alongside him. Austin Reeves is going to be starting. He's the guy I think we can most definitively say will be the starting guard, whether that's the shooting guard or whatever. I would have preferred that they treated him as their starting point guard going into the soft season. And I think maybe you could still arrive there depending on who, you know, where you send D'Angelo Russell and, and, and who the return might be. But uh, yeah, I, I think you, you look at this grouping um, and D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves were, or, or will be, um, I would say uh, an upper echelon Backcourt, I'm not not an elite one. I don't think it's, but but I think a a top, you know, fifteen to ten in that range, maybe ten to like seven, depending on on how you're looking at things. They're going to be a solid to good backcourt, and and given that you know the players that you're going to have at the wing spot and at the big spot. Um, that's, that's a, a mission accomplished. And then, you know, I, I talked about Gabe Vincent when they, they brought him over with Pete. Um, and I really like the fact that he can operate in multiple windows. He can catch and shoot. He can catch an attack off of one dribble. He can handle pick and roll and he can attack some in, in some isolation, uh, depending on the matchup. And, and yeah, I, I, I think him like signing him and bringing him in as much as I think the Lakers will miss some of uh, Dennis Schroeder's competitive fire and, and what he brought on the defensive side of the thing of, of the game, uh, I think Vincent fits in more consistently with the various lineups that he's going to be out there with. Whereas Schroeder, you know, is kind of clunky fits with uh, certain groupings. I don't think you have to worry about that as much with Vincent. And if you are able to turn D'Angelo Russell into a more solid, you know, starting caliber shooting guard and move Reeves over to the point guard, then Vincent slots in very well as your backup uh, point guard there. And then, you know, I, I, you guys know how optimistic and how high on Max Christie I am. Um, this grouping gives him the opportunity over the course of the year to really step in and, and do some things. So from a guard perspective, Solid to good. Now, from the uh, wing perspective, obviously you have LeBron, and that's a pretty good starting uh, starting point, even though he, at this stage of his career, is more of a, a power forward. But um, even if you aren't considering him uh, a wing, 
You look at the other guys that are in that group. Rui Hachimura is going to get the nod as your starter right off the bat. Um, you have Torian Prince, who offers something at the wing spot that the Lakers haven't really had in that he is a, a good, like an elite shooter who can also do some stuff on uh, defensively. He's not a great defender, but he has the ability to be like not terrible, whereas the shooters that the Lakers have employed, employed since Kuz at the wing spot have either been, you know, knockdown shooters, but also terrible defensively. Mello comes to mind, right? Wayne Ellington, those kinds of guys. Um, the fact that Prince is a, a kind of prototypical 3 and D wing um, adds something to this group that the Lakers haven't had in a little while. And then, look, if, if Rui Hachimura, if his shooting is anywhere near, it's not going to be what we saw in the postseason. That was incredible. But if it's like anything close to that and he continues to work uh, to, to, to improve defensively with Phil Handy and he continues to, to find his footing in an offense that can be somewhat difficult with, for somebody with his skill set in that you know, he, he does like to spend a lot of time on the ball. He likes to take multiple dribbles. When the ball rotates over to him, he's more inclined to take a pause rather than lift right up and, and shoot right off of the bat. Um, but if he does find his f uh, footing and does start uh, fitting better there than he did in the regular season last year, then your wing spot between him and LeBron and Prince is pretty damn loaded. And, you know, yeah, they took a swing on Cam Reddish. I'm not really anticipating much from him. It, it honestly would kind of sort of surprise me if he was in the rotation, maybe even on the roster uh, by the end of the year. But, you know, given he's a minimum player and, and, and whatever, um, you, and, and given his ties to Clutch, I think it was always going to be that the Lakers were, would be the team that would give him like one last chance to prove that he can make an impact anywhere near commensurate with his natural talent. Um, but, but still, I, I, I do think that, you know, it's Rui's opportunity to lose um, the starting small forward minutes. And then, uh, you know, then you're going to look at Prince as the backup small forward. And with LeBron playing a lot of power forward and occasionally he's like sliding up and down or whatever, um, that the wing spot though is is looking pretty good. And, and you know, Christy, I guess you could technically slide in here because he's certainly more of a wing than he is a, a, an on-ball guard. So uh, between those four players, right, uh, Rui, Prince, Reddish, LeBron, and kind of sort of Christy. That's a very good wing group, and and you guys know how important I consider the wing position to be. So, um, I, I I like that group. Again, I would say, you know, solid. No, I would I would say like like good to like le, you know legit good like legit really really good, um, bordering on elite. So yeah, that's this is a strength I think of of the roster. Here's where it gets interesting. We said that the the guard group is solid to good. Said that the wing group is good to potentially elite. The big spot, this is going to define this season because it's all AD. This season has to be AD's, oh, y'all forgot 
type of season. And uh, if he is, if he does play up to that level, and if he is that like dominant big that we saw in the Memphis series and in the Golden State series, especially if 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 he is that guy, then the Lakers are going to be really good this year. But if he's the guy that we saw in the in the Western Conference Finals, who quite frankly got kind of pushed around and and punked by Nikola Jokic and that just big physical Denver Nuggets team, then the ceiling on this Lakers season gets a little lower. But I I want to believe. I really, really do. I want to believe that AD got punched and is now going to respond accordingly. Um, I do like that the Lakers have skill optionality behind him in that they have Jackson Hayes, who is your you know pick and roll hard roll type of big who goes and dunks on entire cities um i also however consider christian wood the primary backup here who might even get some minutes with you know the starting group i don't think he's going to start i saw that the athletics slotted him in with the uh with the starters already i don't necessarily see that um i you know if he does there are bigs who have frustrated me more certainly in that spot than I think Christian Wood would. But I I do think though that AD is your starting five, uh, LeBron is your starting four, and then you know you get into Rui as your as your starting wing with your guards as Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. And uh, the nice thing though is that like the nice thing with this roster. Is it, this isn't like a, a, there isn't a group that I have to, like, I, I feel like I have to sit here and say, they have to start, right? There can be some, some uh, you know, mi- mixing and matching and, and seeing how certain guys fit with others um, who are going to be key parts of the, of the starting group. I think the, the, the three guys that you are definitely putting in as the starters are going to be AD, LeBron, and Reeves, certainly. And then if it's Vincent starting, I could kind of get that. If it's Prince starting in Rui's spot, I could kind of see that. If it's uh, Christian Wood starting and AD at the four and LeBron at the five because of Wood's shooting ability, I could kind of sort of see that. Um, We didn't get any reports after the Wood signing that there was any kind of promise to start. Uh, Normally, you would have heard something of, uh, of that nature by now. So I really think that, you know, whether it's whether it's Wood or Rui or Prince or Vincent or D'Lo fighting to, to prove that they belong in the starting group, I think the Lakers are going to continue with that culture of competition. And, and I think that's a good thing for everybody involved. But yeah, getting back to this uh, topic here of, of the bigs, AD is, is really going to define this season. And if he's healthy... And if he's engaged and if he comes into the season wanting to remind everybody um, how people considered him coming out of the bubble, then, yeah, this season has a real chance to be special. But, you know, if not, then then you're starting to, to, to look at this team a little differently. Now, how can this roster be tweaked over the course of the season is going to be really interesting as well, right? Already heading into it, 
I would be pretty surprised if D'Angelo Russell was on the roster at the end of the year. Um, I think he and the Lakers came to an agreement this year just to extend it, to extend their working relationship because it behooved both sides. But I also think it might behoove both sides to eventually move on. Russell might want to move to a spot where there isn't as, as uh, high of expectations and, and stakes. I just don't think he's necessarily a 16-win player. Um, but that said, uh, you know, the Lakers have other guys to potentially move. If Russell does come back and, and is more engaged defensively on, on, uh, on a more consistent basis, and then the Lakers might have a, a movable contract in Gabe Vincent, right? If, uh, if the Lakers decide they want to condense their wing rotation, you could combine Prince and Rui's deals to go out and get a bona fide, legitimate, you know, playoff wing. Uh, if you want to, you know, if you want to, and, and this is not going to go anywhere, this is not going to be going anywhere. If things aren't going great in Dallas, and if uh, the Lakers want a, a another star, then you could combine D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura's contracts to bring in Kyrie Irving. And it's not something I would prefer to do, but it's certainly something based on the stuff that I've heard to this point and continue to hear to this point that LeBron James is interested in doing. And, and um, I think Rob Polinka has kind of won that organizational turf war. So he's going to continue pushing against that until it is just clearly the move to make. But yeah, those those whispers, that noise surrounding that potential move is not going to be going anywhere. So um, the, now, look, this is this was some of my criticism um, earlier in the off season is that you know with the Lakers hard capping themselves they do forfeit some of that motionality over the course of, of the regular season. And, um, you know, as this roster, I think it's a good roster, but it's not a great one, I don't think. And it certainly isn't like it shouldn't start the season as the favorites, let alone going away favorites, to win a championship or even come out of the West. So... If that's the case, I would have preferred a little bit more flexibility um, with assets than the Lakers currently have. Because right now, as it stands, all of the guys that I mentioned that the Lakers could potentially be moving are going to be important parts of the rotation. So whenever you make that move, you not only have to upgrade the spot that you're looking to upgrade, but you also are going to have to make up for the guy that you are moving in order to make that upgrade. So yeah, it, this is, I think, the, 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 the lone concern I still have with this team is, you know, the, the, the few movable assets that aren't, like, <laughs> tied down as or, or penciled in as important parts of the rotation. Where do they stand in the Western Conference? Where do they stand in the league? That is a really interesting one. I still have Denver as the better team, but I think Denver got worse this year. Um, you know, obviously you're returning the, the, the guy who could have won his third straight MVP last year. 
did eventually go out and win the finals MVP in Nikola Jokic. He's the best player in the world. And, and he plays a brand of basketball that is, I think specifically difficult for the Lakers to match up against, but they aren't going to have Bruce Brown. They aren't going to have Jeff Green. They're going to be relying on on younger guys this year and expanding the roles of some guys that, yeah, played well in the postseason, but were playing well in the postseason under narrow circumstances. Um, and, and, you know, how that pans out is, I think, going to set their ceiling. Uh, after that, though, like, you could say Phoenix. Phoenix has a ton of offensive firepower. But they are because they are are built as top happy as they are as they are, you know they're they're always going to be terrified of a tweak here and a hammy there or whatever that I am not as concerned about with the Lakers. Um, so I think the Lakers are are right there. If not, I think I probably have them as a better roster overall than than Phoenix right now. Um, might be the homer in me talking, but but. Still, that's where I kind of have them slotted. And then after that, like, I think the Lakers have an argument to be better than basically everybody else in the conference. Golden State, I don't know how that's going to go. They were too small in uh, the series against the Lakers and then got smaller um, by bringing in Chris Paul. They, uh, well, not necessarily smaller, but I guess slower. Um, We'll see how that goes. They, although I, I, again, I'd be similarly with D'Angelo Russell, I would be kind of surprised if Chris Paul finishes the season in in Golden State. Um, You know, you have Sacramento who had a really fun season last year. And, you know, this is one of those spots where a team can either kind of (laughs) take that step forward, that next step forward and become really, really good, or they can regress to the mean and, Last year winds up being fool's gold. I could see that either way with uh, Sacramento, but I think the Lakers are right there with them. Maybe not in the regular season. I think Sacramento has the firepower to to really rack up some wins here and there. But heading into a series, I think I would probably favor the Lakers. And yeah, then you, you're looking at the Memphises of the world and the Dallas and uh, I guess, well, I guess... Oklahoma City is one of those teams that really I, I'm really kind of side eyeing a little bit. I'm like a little like <laughs> they might be actually legitimately good already and and really advance their their window. But you know if not, they're going to be young and and we'll see how that looks. And then you know, yeah, I think the Lakers are are a second tier um, Western Conference team where the only team ahead of them or the tier ahead of them is is Denver and. That's about as much as we could have possibly asked for heading into this uh, this off season, and then you expand that across the the rest of the league. And I'm going to be frank about this: the East was a bunch of fraudulent, fraudy frauds last year. So uh, unless we see some like noted improvement from all of those teams, I think like Boston, I think got worse. Uh, Cleveland, I think got got better, and we'll see if if you know, after getting kind of bullied around in that series um, against the Knicks, they all collectively take a step forward. We'll see how they respond to that. Um, Milwaukee, Milwaukee will probably still be pretty good. Um, they basically just brought everybody back, and we'll see if how, how that winds up working out for them. And you know, Philly's going to be a disaster this year. Brooklyn isn't as good now as they were heading into last year, obviously. Uh, 
I think the Lakers, you could legitimately say going into this year, it, they're, a, they're like a top five team, I would say. And uh, that's that's where you want to start a, a, a season. If you aren't going to be, if you aren't going to be like the favorites and, and be the running away favorites that everybody hates, being a top five team is pretty all right for me. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I do got to give credit where it's due here. I thought Rob Polinka did a very good job this year of, of managing, uh, the budget and, and managing, uh, an understanding of, of what worked last year and sticking to what worked last year. And, and I think he, at this point in, in his career as an executive is really starting to understand, like, it's not just talent. Um, and yeah, the Christian Wood deal you could say is him betting on talent above all else. But, you know, you do that once you solidify the, the, the culture and you're willing to take those swings on just talent. And, and like, I, I, I saw the reaction to the wood signing over the last, I don't know, 24 hours or so. And, and it really kind of struck me as surprising. If this doesn't work out, you just cut the guy. Like if, <laughs> I'm not losing any sleep. There might be some opportunity cost because it means they probably aren't going to get Bismack Biombo. But like, I don't know. I'm not like going to lose a bunch of sleep over not being able to get Bismack Biombo. And and uh, yeah, it, it does. You know, being hard cap does make it a little tricky. If you do wave wood, then you know you're working with that much less money to be able to bring somebody in, but uh, and, and stay under that hard cap. But yeah, I think it's a it's a solid upside gamble, and the Lakers, I think at this point, have a culture that should be pretty easy for him to buy into. And and you know the thing here with Wood, you want to be the last team that he's on. You know, you want to be the last team that that either uh, he figures it out and and really commits to making it work with that team, or you're the team that just says like, all right, man, you just never were gonna get it best of luck in China or whatever. Um, and, and, and that's the spot that the Lakers find themselves in right now. So I, I think uh, the Lakers have about as much talent as just about any team out there. They're deep. They are versatile. They can shoot. Uh, I, I really like this group and, and, uh, that terrifies me because usually when I'm happy about some stuff, shit, shit usually goes pretty wrong. All right, that is going to do it here for this look at the Lakers offseason. And uh, we will, you know, start. I'm going to obviously talk to Aaron a little bit later today by the time you guys are listening to this. Um, and we'll, we'll probably rehash a lot of this stuff and look back at the offseason. I have a theory that I want to kind of run by him. And, uh, and yeah, we'll just see where that conversation goes. You never really know with us. So until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.